Yay! The kids are finally asleep. So do you feel like... I've got a feeling a boss fight's coming up. Ooh, I just got wrecked. Headshot, baby. Ooh, it's your turn to get the baby. So are you up to the challenge? Run, 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 run. And we're dead. That's when I realized I have no idea what I'm doing. GG. Welcome back to the KJ After Dark Gamer Parents Podcast. I'm Joanne, your gamer mama from next door, and right here with me is my amazing husband, Kevin. Hey there. If this is your first time here today, Kevin and I, we're married, we have two kids, and we share the same passion of gaming and parenting right here in this podcast. This is episode number 32, and we'll start off with sharing about our week. So, Kevin, how has your week been going in life and in gaming as well? Yeah, so uh, my week's been going good. On the life front, there hasn't really been a whole lot. I mean, it's actually been a lot of gaming, which has been nice. We've had kind of a lot of time to do that. We haven't been traveling or, you know, tied up with other things in the evenings. So we've had more time for gaming and on that side of things i've been mentioning that i've been playing marvel's guardians of the galaxy and i finally beat that this last week it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun um i really liked it the ending was kind of interesting to me i'm not gonna go into any spoilers no or anything spoilers. like that for yeah. sure mm-hmm. um but i did know that the game was 16 chapters long and you know i, I noticed i hit chapter 15 and then, you know, there was like a, um, a boss fight, which kind of seemed like the, the end of the game. And then it rolls credits. And, you know, when that happened, I was like, what? I, I remember hitting chapter 15. I don't remember seeing chapter 16 pop up. Like, maybe I just missed it. And maybe like chapter 16 was really short. And then after the credits rolled, like you can hear the characters still talking during the credits. And then after that, um, you know, something happens. I'm not going to ruin anything for anybody but another boss fight happens after the credits so that was that really like kind of threw me off there Mm because i thought i had kind of finished the game and then there was kind of like one last final boss fight that they kind of snuck in there like after the credits so this is like the movie like marvel exactly (laughs) yeah just like in the movies when you want to stick around after the credits for like the you know after credit scene that's kind of the same thing you want to stick around for the credits for that after the credits boss so you're saying that after the credits, you're still playing? Yeah, so like it rolls credits and like the characters are still kind of talking, like, you know, celebrating their victory or whatever. And then, you know, something happens. I won't, won't go into more detail on that. And then, you know, there's another boss fight that happens after that. So awesome. and it was a, it's a pretty big, like major fight. So I, I, I would feel bad if anybody like got at the credits and was like, all right, shut down, turn it off. <laughs> Wait, yeah, so is that chapter 16? Yeah, so that last fight is, is all of chapter 16. Gotcha. Wow. It's still in, insanely short, but if you're not expecting that, yeah, like it, yeah, I, I, I mean, I could see maybe some people possibly missing that. Mm-hmm. It, they did a good job of, like, keeping it interesting, even, like, during the credits. Like, I was just kind of watching and listening to what they were saying to kind of see what was going to happen or what they were saying and story-wise and all of that. And then they, yeah toss you back into another boss fight so that was i found out really interesting uh, the way that they did that but they pulled it off and it overall was a fun game and i'm glad that i finished it though 
Are you sure you finished it? Do you stick around? Pretty sure. I, I made sure this time. Like, it actually took me back out to the main menu, so. Okay. <laughs> I, it's done for sure. That's good to know. Yeah, um, so that was Guardians of the Galaxy. The other game that I hopped into once I beat that, though, was it's, a, it's because it's a game that they are going to be removing from Game Pass. And it's a game called Hades. And I've I've heard of Hades. A lot of people have. It's it's a top game for a lot of people, um, especially in the roguelike category. Um, it's kind of like a, a dungeon crawler. And you know I, I've heard good things about it. Just looking at screenshots and everything, it didn't really look like one that I really was interested in hopping into. And then all of a sudden, Game Pass was announcing that they were going to be removing that game from Game Pass. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, hold up a second. Like, I want to try this now before I lose my chance to. Whereas, like, before, like, I knew it was on Game Pass and, like, I could play it anytime I wanted and I had, like, no desire to play it. But now that I know that they're going to be taking it away, I wanted to, I really wanted to play it. So, it's funny how that worked. Yep, that's how we all are, humans. Go figure. Yeah. But I'm really glad that I jumped into it because I'm having a lot of fun with that game. I mean, just I'm still kind of new to like some roguelikes, but I can see how this was like kind of considered the king of king of those roguelike games. But uh, yeah, no, I'm having a lot of, a lot of fun with that one. I've only been playing it for the last couple of day, days since I beat Guardians of the Galaxy, and it gets removed from Game Pass on August 31st. So only a couple days left after this episode comes out. So I'm hoping to get you know my feel of the game by the time it gets removed. Hopefully uh, they don't pull it away when I'm at my height with it. But yeah, that's the one I'm going to be playing for the next uh, few days. Gotcha. Um, how about you? What's been on, going on in your week? So on my part, I was going to tell you, like, speak for yourselves when you say um, you, we had a lot of gaming time. <laughs> I haven't been gaming as much as I hoped to because I was indulging in other activities such as um, building the wood model for the alliance that yes. I got off the Blizzard gear store and it took a lot of hours. I mean, we only have like, what, a couple hours a night to do what we love and it was either gaming or that and I just had to complete it you know it's just like sitting on the shelf like looking at me every time i walk past it so i had to just you know take it out and work on it and i i do have one more for the horde but that would have to wait maybe next month or something but yeah i work on it and i created a reel my hands were a bit shaky on the reel but it's okay it's my first time <laughs> It's probably shaky from all the tiny pieces that I've been gluing together and putting together and painting. But yeah, go check it out at KJ underscore after underscore dark on Instagram. How much were those things, by the way? Um, Just $16.99. And unfortunately, that doesn't come with assembly. Yeah, it doesn't come with assembly. You That's the to, whole you thing. Had you had to put to all do... that together and color it. That's That was a lot of work. I mean, I watched you do a lot of that and you put a lot of time into that i know well so. the painting part is optional like you don't have to color it to assemble it but i had to you know it looks a lot better that it's colored i would think like thank you that, that was the right call doing that 
and hopefully people go and check it out and appreciate it because it's uh i know how much work you put into that and it's really cool looking especially if you like world of warcraft kind yes. of stuff yeah it is a collectible so yeah that's, that's definitely going to be staying in the game room for a mm -hmm. while so we can add that to our collection in here yeah and then apart from that i've also like cooked a couple more dishes from the world of warcraft cookbook you can tell that i am a world of warcraft addict right like everything i do is oh yeah around there or lost art so um i did cook the i did cook the forest strider drumsticks which are essentially um turkey legs that are roasted in the oven and it was really good that was very good turkey legs are bomb yeah and then i also did a fry bread which is technically bread that you fry it's really good as well it's like pizza crust i haven't had a chance to try that one yet but it does look really good yeah i'm gonna try that tomorrow for sure yeah i just made it today so yeah but that's about it i think on the gaming part it's just our weekly game which is no man's sky that we'll review later and just a little bit of lost art but i haven't touched any other games apart from that really just those two this week i think so and drawbridge maybe or no no drawbridge i deleted okay. that okay <laughs> well uh shall we hop into game pass games sure so this week what's new on game pass let's see death stranding which yes. we already bought excited for <laughs> although yes i'm not really excited that i bought the game like a week ago although mm -hmm. it was only ten dollars yeah. i don't even know if i'm going to bother returning it yet yeah probably more because it might be nice to have a console, you know, a console version mm -hmm. and plus if they ever remove it from game pass we still have it but that's true i know we'll see i'll check the game out first and then decide yeah it's only 10 bucks but and then there's Midnight Fight Express, which is on console, PC, and cloud. Exapunks and Opus Echo of Starsong Full Bloom Edition on console and PC. And I actually, you know, that Opus game caught my eye the moment it came out. So it's a single player game, but it's very anime-ish and I'm into Japanese anime and stuff. Well, mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's Japanese, but I'm just into anime, whether it's Japanese or Korean. Or Chinese. I just like to see cartoonish characters, so I'm definitely going to check that out. Okay, cool. And for new game releases this last week, we have Midnight Fight Express on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Saints Row, which looked re looks really cool. Looks like you can do a lot of cool new stuff in that game on PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We have F1 Manager. 2022 on ps5 and 4 xbox series xs xbox one and pc sd gundam battle alliance on ps5 and 4 xbox series x s xbox one switch and pc pac-man world repack on ps5 and 4 xbox series x and s xbox one switch and pc and soul hackers 2 on ps5 and 4 xbox series x and s and xbox one and pc hmm. any of those strike your fancy 
I was surprised to see F1 manager as a game itself. I didn't know like Formula One managing Formula One itself. I thought it was gonna be like more of like. I would think it's a Formula One racing game. Yeah, but it's actually managing the Formula One race. Really? Okay. I I guess I may have read that one wrong. I know. That's why I was surprised. I that stood out. I was like, manager, like, is it a racing game? And then I went and checked it out, and it was like an official racing management simulation game so i i was like wow interesting it's single player though but it's still interesting like, so you don't get to do any of the racing i don't know i have no idea how it goes but it's you can simulate being a manager in that huh that's interesting yeah very different take. exactly I, mean, I would assume you could probably drive somehow but like maybe there's more to it like as far as Building the team or the Strategy, drivers and yeah, and all of that. Oh, mm -hmm. okay, that's yeah. very cool. Um, another one that I thought was cool was uh, the Gundam game. Hmm. I used to like Gundam, and I had some friends that were really into Gundam when we were kids, and I just thought they were so cool. You know, like the fighting robots and all yeah. the cool weapons and stuff that they have. But you never collect any of them, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. Although uh, a few of my friends did. Yeah, they, uh, would would collect like the figures and. Mm -hmm. kind of build them and yeah you have to build them i remember yeah. like i have a few friends who were like super into them i thought they looked cool and like a lot of things about them were cool mm -hmm. that's it for new game releases uh next we will be talking about no man's sky yep but before i will preface all of this by saying we're going to be doing something that we have never done before so we are actually going to have a guest on the show. Previously, it's always been just Joanne and I doing these, but we have decided to bring somebody in on this game of No Man's Sky just being such a massive game mm -hmm. that it is, and there's just so much there and content to talk about. We need a little bit of help yep. with that. Um, so somewhat kind of bringing in a guide to our conversations. Mm -hmm. And with that, let's hop over to that discussion. All right, and we are back with a guest this time. So I'd like to welcome Ethis to join in on the conversation with us about No Man's Sky. Now, Ethis, how long have you been playing No Man's Sky? Uh, since day one, I actually pre-ordered it. Um, I don't pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so day one, so game dropped and you played it the first day it came out. Yes, I think I was at work when it, though I might have actually gotten that day off with, like, PTO, I, I, um, but I do, I do know I was playing it day one, like, day one I was on. Wow, that's... Oh, I remember, it was the first time I had used Steam's remote download feature, so I left my computer running when I went to work, and then I used uh, the Steam app on my phone to queue it to download No Man's Sky when the game released so wow. I, yeah I, yeah i went to work that day and i downloaded it remotely so when i got home i was able to play it uh, that's dedication right there uh-huh was this in 2016 just remind yes. me again okay. I yeah i believe it was 2016. okay cool. so the game yeah i think the game's been out about six years i guess oh that's cool you've been playing it for six years so, so then i yeah. assume i actually just broke uh 1600 hours at the screenshot 
because I, I, I managed to, I didn't even do this intentionally, but I went to go load up my save and I saw it was 16 on the dot. So I took a screenshot of that. Wow. That's, that is quite a feat. I think yeah. I maybe just have a very few games that probably even come close to anything like that. But uh, I'm actually really curious how many hours I have on some of my WoW characters. <laughs> oh yeah, M- MMOs can get crazy. I know my um, my main in Guild Wars 2 going to be 10 years uh, from the time of creation, the coming Christmas. Yeah, I know my uh, Hunter in World of Warcraft is about 15 years old. <laughs> wow, he's a teenager now. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I should not have thought about that. That's scary. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you pre-ordered this game so you were obviously following it and the hype and everything like with the announcements and everything coming out before launch and all that right yes i didn't get too uh swallowed up in the hype train because i tend to avoid hype um because of another game that i play quite a lot uh they don't have a great track record with building up hype and then like the level that the hype was at so i kind of learned from that like probably shouldn't jump on um so when no man's sky was being built up i was following it in terms of like the bills and the idea of what the game was but i was keeping away with it so i didn't outside of like some hearsay information and a couple of things on youtube i actually didn't know all too much about the game going with aside from it was going to be space sim of some kind with exploration gotcha okay so six years ago when you started playing have you pretty much played like since then or do you take like any long breaks or anything like that mm-hmm. no major breaks i think the longest time i went without logging into at all was be a month i want to um i can't remember which updates it but i i do go up and down on playtime because like I'll, I'll jump in i'll play a lot for a while and then i'll use sort of slide off and log in less maybe we'll have planet x um maybe a couple of missions, but nothing like to sort of waiting for the next update or uh, thinking of ideas of stuff I can do. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So six years of playtime, 1600 hours of in-game time. You obviously have a lot of experience under your belt with this game. Um, We have maybe Mm -hmm. 10 hours. Maybe you. Yeah with the game so that that's why you're here to help us kind of got you know guiding us through this conversation as we talk about the game because you're going to know a lot more about it than us yeah um, probably give us like a better understanding about it because if we just talk about it it would be kind of like biased since we only played like maybe 10 hours sure also. yeah you, you you guys have a very very new player experience perspective mm-hmm. which I actually i i watched your stream that you guys did what was it two days ago i want to say oh uh, yeah um, tuesday and uh it was really fascinating because i don't know a lot of people who are jumping into ms fresh the closest person would be like my mom and that's not really because it's fresh it's just because she has a really bad problem with starting new games constantly <laughs> <laughs> um so i i hear some of the woes of like the early game from her but it was really interesting to, to sort of watch you guys play and see um the sort of like pros and cons of the early game experience and how it really guides new players informs them on what there is to win the game and what it has to offer or lack thereof yeah i, I think it's kind of both at the same time <laughs> Um, yeah. I think there's, it's obvious that there's a lot of things you can do, but I feel like it's not that, it doesn't really guide you into very many of them, I guess, kind of outside of the quest lines. 
Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's very much so a sentiment I've heard over the is that the early game is it's very hit or miss. Gotcha. I just want to take a step back and just kind of ba- in a basic way describing the game for anyone who hasn't played it before, doesn't know what it's about. But No Man's Sky, and feel free to add anything that you see fit here, but No Man's Sky being a um, like space exploration, survival, um, with crafting and building, and you have your your starship and your uh, your suit and all your tools and everything that you're upgrading and improving on kind of as you go um, with a little bit of a kind of a quest line in there. Um, so some story and just tons of exploration. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, it's also uh, pr- procedurally generated is a big part of, of the game's sort of selling point is that uh, it's effectively a massive algorithm getting a lot of the stuff that you encounter and um, that will sort of play into how you will experience for better or for worse. Right. I think that was one of the very few things I had already known about the game going into it was the procedural generation. And like, for example, the number of planets in the game, which yeah. I knew was something crazy. And then when I looked it up, like it was even way more than I thought, but it's 18 quintillion different planets. Yeah, uh, there are 206 galaxies, uh, one of which is not um, you can't get to it without, I think, either using a mod or like a save editor, which is Galaxy Zero, um, or is it, or is it that there's two fifty seven? Okay, I think there's two fifty six standard, like normal, because you go from one, which is Euclid, all the way up to two fifty six, and then it loops back to Euclid. But then there is a Galaxy Zero, which you can only get to using a mod or a save edit Is how that works. Huh. So. Um... Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't even know how much a quintillion is exactly. Like, I probably couldn't even tell you that. But it's a yeah, <laughs> it's it's a lot of digits. There's a lot of zeros behind that, and uh, I mean, that's just crazy to think there's that many different planets. And these planets are not tiny. They're not like super small. Like they're. I think the largest planets are, I think, a third the size of Earth, which is still massive. Like, that's still huge. Well, it is the galaxy. So they are. I mean, imagine like. That's what they're modeling it after. So, the No Man's Sky galaxies, if I remember correctly, are uh, I'd have to look it up. But they're they're a few times the size of the Milky Way. They're oh. larger than our galaxy. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, in terms of star counts. Okay. Yeah, this it's crazy. So basically, pretty much unlimited number of planets, and they're all just slightly different from each other. I mean, there's different characteristics that they can have, right? And that all make them different, but would would it be correct to say that no two planets are exactly the same? Or yes, some it would exactly? be hard pressed to find one hundred percent identical. You can find ones that are close, but there's always going to be something that's different about. It. Wow. Okay. The sort of what would be the word? The sort of illusion of, of of greater variation caused by the more nuance in it, so that basically things will feel a lot more varied than they are in the grand scheme. Because if you go into a given system you're not going to get, say, five desert planets, right? right? So then your mind won't immediately encounter, like, very similar experiences. You'll go to, like, a thermal world and then an ice planet mm-hmm. and a toxic biome. Maybe you'll find an Earth-like planet um, as you move through the system. So, like, from system to system, you may encounter things that look very similar. But within contained systems, you typically will find a lot of localized variation, which allows this illusion to play out properly. 
Right. So I guess to just kind of give people an overview, what kind of planets, I know we've explored a few different planets, right? We've, we've seen some like ice planets. Uh, we've seen some like, I don't know if it's like toxic or something like that. Yeah, toxic. Yeah, is 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 what those are usually described as the mm-hmm. the poisonous mushroom. We've seen some that have like a lot of water. Are there like any like fiery planets or anything like that? Yes. So uh, to give a quick overview of the biomes and how they sort of break down. Yes. There are biome archetypes. So you're talking ice, fire, toxic, uh, earth-like, and radioactive. This, and I'll get into the redacted ones later if you was, but those are the standard biomes. Then within each of those is a, there are like subcategories. So for example, with lush worlds, earth-like worlds, standard earth-like worlds, grass, pretty trees, stuff like that. But then you also get swamp planets. They're, they both technically count as an earth-like variant, but they're drastically different in their overall feel and theme. Um, with uh, thermal worlds, there are actually, no, three. Yeah, there's three, because you get a standard thermal world, which will typically have um, sort of magmified rocks or very cooled lava-looking rocks, uh, as well as plants that are very sort of large leaf fan-style plants, um, sort of like uh, like sails. Yeah, that would be a good descriptor. And... Um, then you also get volcanic planets, which are cool. They actually have volcanoes on, uh, and like weird sort of like emberfied trees where they're like smoldering. Um, that's that's and then cool. You get, I want to I want to find one of those planets. We have not come across any volcanic type planets, but that sounds like we're I missing out. Some of um, what the uh, what the prefix names are for those. Like one is like um, uh, one of the funny ones is core detonation imminent. <laughs> <laughs> Like the planet is about to explode. That's one of the ones that that's that's one of the descriptors for volcanic worlds. Wow. Um, oh, but the the thermal subcategory is uh, my favorite one, which are magma flora. So you get these trees and like bushes that are like plants, but they're made out of like cooled and molten lava. Looks nice. really cool. I need to Google that. Ooh, yeah. And one thing that I would say, um, obviously this. Uh, whole podcast experience is audio only and this game as we describe it just know that it creates some really cool looking visual presentation in the game and the screenshots that i've seen people get out of this and even just playing it ourselves obviously you know um it's very nice to look at I'll say that. Yes. It is. Some of the screens are absolutely stunning. I have a folder that has like under pictures in it. <laughs> wow. It is absolutely stunning, beautiful game. It is the uh, Joanne equivalent of video games. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely worth checking out for that alone. But obviously, you don't get that out of the uh, us just describing it with words. So um, I know we have described some what people can expect as far as the biomes and the different planets and everything out there. I also wanted to kind of jump into our experience with it, uh, at least like the early game stuff. And ask obviously some questions of how those things reverse into end game. Um, like you mentioned, we streamed it earlier in the week on Tuesday. By the way, we stream on YouTube every Tuesday at 9:30 p.m. Central. And uh, with that early game, um, obviously some of the things that we were really focused on was just repairing, or like I guess replenishing our exosuit in terms of the 
oxygen and the environmental hazard or whatever it's called yeah hazard protection hazard protection there we go because those things both those things kind of slowly draw down and you need to replenish them using oxygen and carbon no sodium 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 yeah if i remember right yeah, so that was kind of the one of the things we were kind of focusing on early game of like just surviving while trying to also kind of explore and collect other materials at the same mm -hmm. time you know and then earlier on in the game it has you repair your first starship kind of go through the quest to like repair the various parts of it so that you could make it flyable uh, you know they teach you how to do all of that and then you finally get you know off the ground floor of the first planet and then you start to kind of planet hop and explore other biomes and stuff too. So it kind of starts off the game that way. When did you have any other experiences um, like add to that? I like the part where, remember when we were like learning how to shoot at stuff with our laser, is it mining laser? No, I don't know, with our laser tool. Yeah, the mining laser? Yeah, I like how like whatever you shoot, like it goes really far. And then whatever you shoot, you just like collect it right away. You don't have to walk over to the thing to get it. So that was pretty convenient. I remember liking that a lot. And yeah. I start shooting everything. Yeah, that's big time quality of life for me when as soon as the loot appears, right? As soon as you use the laser to break something down, it automatically gets drawn to you, like no matter how far away it is. Yeah. And it goes right into your inventory. Mm -hmm. like, that's really nice. You don't have to walk over to something and go loot it. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I've I've wasted a lot of time looting, you know, going from body to body to, to get yeah. your loot or gear and stuff. And this is just a lot nicer version of that. And then again, obviously oh, it works, you know, with um, a lot of the materials like stacking very to very large amounts and, and stuff like yeah. that, that it, it works in this game and the way they do it, which is it's nice. Yeah, because everything's like so far away. You're not going to want to walk there just to pick up loot, so... It helps. Yep. And one thing yeah, that I, I could I could not imagine it's the, like that that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> in No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah. In some games it is. I think it would be pretty bad in this one with how far away things can be. Another thing that I really liked that you unlocked pretty early on is what is the uh, this, the other tool that we've been using a lot of? The terrain manipulator. Yes, terrain manipulator. It is that is so much fun to use for me. Uh, I could spend like hours just messing around with that thing and, mm -hmm. and I say that because I have spent hours messing around with that thing. You know, I'll just like dig myself into a really big hole or obviously one of the first things I wondered was how far down you could go, like how far it would let you. Um, but anyways, the terrain manipulator, it lets you like destroy the planet or the terrain. Like you can just basically like blast holes in the ground. You can dig and find stuff like under the ground if there's any items that are you know hidden in places like that. Copper. Yeah, you can also use it to like flatten the ground, you know, if you're looking for a spot to like build a base or that kind of thing. The game has a cache limit for the amount of terrain and once <gasps> that cache limit is hit, it will reset the oldest terrain back to deep. So whenever you build bases, always build above ground. Huh, okay. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> Yeah, mo most people don't. Most people think that, like, hey, this tool, is and I'll use it the way it is shown to work. Uh, but then, yeah, everyone hits that. Um, they encounter that, and uh, a lot of people usually end up going onto the subreddit and being like, hey, my, uh, I, I dug out this mountain to build a base. When I came back, it was all filled back in. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm glad you... 
told us about that. Yeah. I mean, I haven't used it for base building or anything like that. I've just been like running around having fun with it. And then I figured out how you could like you could make terrain too. I was like making rock and like I was like walking along it as I was making it. I was basically like being frozen. Like what's his name? Frozen. Yeah. Elsa. Oh, frozen. I was oh. thinking Princess Elsa, but yeah, to you it's frozen. Oh yeah, I'm yeah frozen. I'm totally thinking frozen. Just like same. I was creating a bridge to like a uh, walk from one island off to like another one. I didn't have to swim across. Even that was way faster to swim, but hey, I was having fun. Yeah, it was funny that you were like, I'm like frozen. I'm like, you're like Elsa. <laughs> yeah, except it was just like rock instead of uh, ice. Ice. <laughs> it looked really cool when I was all done with it. Stone zone. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, another thing we haven't really talked about, I know I mentioned a little bit, you get a starship in the game. You can actually have up to nine. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, they recently increased it up to nine. Okay. It used to be six. Used to be six. We, I just have one at this point. I think I had an opportunity to get another one. Like I found like a broken one, and you had to like repair it. But I didn't bother doing that. I was good with my one. What are the benefits to having more than one? There's the baseline benefit of just having free storage, basically, which is so sort of the way I explain um, using the Colossus Exocraft early game is that it's just a wonderful storage compartment. It it just gives you access to I think it's like forty or like 35 slots of just open storage just spawn on a planet whenever you and that's kind of the benefit of having multiple starships like if you can find a couple of cheap ones that you like the look of even if you don't plan on keep i mean if you have the money you might as well just buy them and then just call them down when you need a place to basically use them as a closet <laughs> gotcha yeah that, that's one thing that i've struggled a little bit with like not terribly it's just like the inventory space like always making sure i have to you know, visit a space station or a vendor somewhere to kind of offload some of the stuff. I don't really think I need that much. Yeah, the 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 early game inventory management, and mm -hmm. it really helps if if you have someone who you can ask, like, "Hey, what's important?" or "How do I get more slots quickly?" Because um, it it really helps if you space with how much or two. I would say enjoy the game uh, after a certain amount of time. Because like obviously there's sort of initial fade that you have where annoyance of inventory management doesn't get in but eventually it starts to really bother <laughs> if it's not handled right yeah and it sounds like the game offers a lot of ways that you can handle inventory space like you were mentioning oh definitely yeah like it's not hard to manage it's just kind of overwhelming at first because you're provided with a lot of different items and material and so it's very easy bewildered by all the different stuff that you have and not knowing like what's used and then also not necessarily knowing that early game like oh yeah i can just you know I, I can just have a second starship that i can use for, for the time being that kind of stuff yeah that's something that hopefully we can do that next i need to get a second starship but anyways on to space battle so you can fly your ship you can shoot like lasers and rockets and stuff like that and obviously a lot more on that that we haven't even unlocked or gotten into at all um but the last time I played, um, which was, uh, so the last time I played on the stream, I kept coming across space pirates. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it seemed like constantly is, are they like more prevalent in certain areas or is it like when you reach a certain point in the game or like, was there like some kind of bounty on me that I don't know about? Like why I kept getting attacked by these space pirates. It's system specific. 
So you don't, you probably don't have this technology installed in your ship yet, but when you can, I would recommend it's called a conflict scanner and it'll tell you the threat level of any system you go to. There's four threat levels. There's one, which is basically peaceful. You go to a one star threat level. I don't, I actually think they changed it so that in one stars, pirates do not attack you at all. Like period. It's basically safe space. Um, then there's two star, which is like mildly dangerous. Not really. Uh, three star, which is at war. <laughs> Like the the whole system is like in conflict. You'll get scanned quite often and get attacked by pirates and things. And then there's pirate systems, which I think they have a higher pirate frequency three star, but I don't know how much so. Gotcha. I mean, I I want to say I got attacked by pirates like four times in like a two hour period, and I was just trying to like mind my own business. I was trying to <laughs> to do the next part of the quest. And they were on to me, and I just, I, I got to my quest spot, like, they chased me there, and I was like, alright, I'll just, like, maybe see if I can just land my ship, and, like, they'll leave me alone, like, if I go to the surface, and that didn't work at all, it didn't let me land the ship, like, they just kept shooting at me, until, uh, you were, you were watching, and gave me some advice to, um, was it pulse drive or pulse engine? Yeah, Use the pulse engine to get away. Fly into space. Yeah. Fly in a straight line. Just go <laughs> until uh, it'll give you a message. It'll say pulse drive back online, and then you can initiate pulse and escape the pirates. Yeah, I basically um, had, yeah. yeah, I had to run away um, with my tail between my legs uh, after taking <laughs> taking a bunch yeah, of damage. Watching, I was like, oh no, he's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I was watching him. Like, we were on the same planet a few times, and then suddenly it says, KJ After Dark has engaged pirates. I'm like, why are you engaging with pirates? Yeah, that was not my decision. That was not up to me. I was trying to ignore them and not do that. But yeah, anyways, um, I took down a few pirates. It seemed like there were like some other, I don't know if there were other players like around me at the same time. Is there any way to tell the difference between a pirate ship and another player ship? Uh, those were NPC, and they will intervene in pirate attacks if they're close enough. Um, yes, uh, yellow and green are friendlies. Okay, and that's uh, that's like the trail behind the ship. Yes. Okay, and then yeah, the, the pirates are red. Yeah, pirates are always red. Okay, so um, I did take down some pirates. Yeah, or I, I should say, hostiles are always red because sentinel ships will also have a red trail behind them when they're um, against you. Gotcha. Okay, I saw there was a lot of reds around me, so... I was watching, and initially when you were trying to go down to the planet, I was trying to type out, like, you're not going to be able to land, but then I was watching, and I remember when I saw the amount of warp signatures that popped up on your screen, I was like, oh no, he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not know that it doesn't scale. I honestly thought that, like, earlier game, there would be something that would acknowledge the fact that you haven't played for very good equipment. So if it did spawn pirates on you one three at most but no you got spawned on by like five or six ships yeah i mean luckily like they didn't take me down like too quick i kept like repairing my shield and then i was out of whatever it takes yeah to do you that. were holding your own yeah well i mean i was repairing my shield but i wasn't really fighting back very much until uh i think i took maybe one of them down and then i uh hightailed it out of there once I, I actually i actually was i was impressed because considering that was probably your first or I, I don't it was know. the it, first it was, yeah it was a it was okay yeah it was your first pirate attack you handled it pretty well for like really not knowing the sort of moves you needed to make 
but like you were working your way through it and surviving and i thought it was really like it was cool to watch and i'm glad you made it out <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm glad i survived i haven't died yet in the game and i feel like i've gotten pretty lucky for that so anyways i've also heard there are also um is it space whales yes the they just added those in with the uh, last update and during that sounds really cool tell us more about those they are a continuation of the big reward at the end of the Leviathan expedition, which if you completed the entire expedition, you got your own space whale frigate, uh, also known as living frigate, as a part of your uh, frigate fleet for your capital ship or your freighter. And they actually introduced them as a thing in game that you can encounter and things like that with, with their own procedural generation and everything. Um, they are to this to each system so they kind of function like exotic ships where there's only one variation of them per system uh, and they have a small little micro quest associated with them they look very cool they make very interesting sounds they're unique uh sort of trait what makes them stand out from other frigates other than just their aesthetics is the fact that you can feed them food to change their stats at any point in time unless they're old. so they're the most uh versatile frigate that you Hmm. And uh, so can you like randomly come across them flying around in space? After you do the initial micro quest, yes. So when you send out your frigate fleet, um, we'll be given the chance to receive a blueprint for an item called a drill, which you then craft and then keeping your uh, inventory as you fly around. In so when you're pulsing through space, the very first time with that dream area will guarantee that you will be contacted or you will pick up the signature of a, of a living frigate in that in that system. And then mm -hmm. you can, uh, for free, uh, t um, take it on as an ally and it'll join your frigate or your freighter fleet. After that, you then use anomaly detectors to find more of them at, yeah. a, at a sort of random. Obviously, you've been playing the game since launch. From then till now, what, were you, what do you think are some of the biggest changes that you've seen them implement? Yeah, if we're if we're talking about from the like the 2016 till now, uh, three I would say is the addition of the anomaly with proper multiplayer. That was huge, and they did this really cool build up to it where th there's actually a narrative behind why we can see other players now. They actually wrote it into them, and it's kind of sad because if if you're if you weren't there, you don't know this, but they wrote it in the the addition of multiplayer as an actual in-universe occurrence that happened so there's like boundaries in sort of the the fabric of the universe of no man's sky and they're sort of interacting with each other um at various times and in different places the boundaries between those phases were weakening and that was sort of the story and why we were eventually um able to then see these spark bubbles which were other players so initially before they induced the character creep you were just this little floating like blue bubble that was like a, a spark that would float around and that was the initial introduction to multiplayer and you could meet another player and create this monument um where it would put both of your names on it and it would say um, uh it was it was a point of first contact with another player it was a whole whole thing in the game it was, um and then eventually they evolved that system into the proper multiplayer system with the addition of the anomaly, the, the actual player hub location that all that everyone can access from fairly early. Um, the the second thing I would say is uh, character customization. Um, I think it's fairly important to be able to customize your 
in in a game like No Man's Sky, whether of set characters that you play, because like in a game like um, like say like The Witcher or uh, or like Assassin's Creed, you're not playing a a proxy of yourself, right? You're playing mm-hmm. that character through their story. Yeah. Um, but in a game like No Man's Sky or uh, or like say like even Destiny or like Guild Wars Two, you're Guild Wars Two more sort of outside of like the actual story, but like as far as the world is concerned, you are playing a proxy of yourself or a, or a character that you are creating. Um, and so I think it was super important when they added that to the game because it, it, it really grounded you in the universe because um, then it's like, oh, cool, this is what I look like in this verse or this is what my character and it sort of sparked the imagination with that. Um, and then the third thing I think was very important to them was base building and because it was really the first time where we had... Like, like you as the player had the ability to leave your mark on, because we found out fairly early. Uh, this was unfortunate that um, when you when you discover something and you upload it to the servers, that is a very fix. Um, the only way your uploads really stick around with any sort of like uh, conc agency is is if. They, that system is visited frequently. So, like, if a lot of players go there, or if you go to that system constantly, it will remain relevant within the background system, however that works. But systems that you discover and upload and then abandon, if you go back to them a year later, it might still say that you discovered it, but, like, all the names will be reverted back to default. Uh, it, you'll have to rescan all the plants and animals, things like that. Um, but with base building, if you it's built, like... Any, if you built anything like, on that planet, would it still be there, or would it like go away yeah and that's what i mean like even if the planet reverts back to default in terms of its naming right and and even if for some reason it doesn't say that you originally discovered it um your base is still there so you have that sort of stake on that planet where you're like i was here and and i think that that's super and then by an extension of that sort of system freighters i think are also very were a very cool thing that they added to the um because it allowed you to sort of take that base uh, system with you as you traveled around and explored. Can you I have a question? If if uh, they don't have this, they definitely should. Can you craft like a custom flag that you can put in the ground on every planet you visit? Flag? No. Um, there are set flag designs in the game. Um, there are a good number of them, and you can recolor them. So you can sort of have your own flag, so to speak, where you can at all of your bases, if you wanted to use one specific flag design with one specific color scheme. And so then whenever you go to your bases, you, you have that flag to sort of show off and that can sort of to some degree flag. But unfortunately, no, there's no like decal system like like Call of Duty um, or, or Halo where you can actually design your own. Okay, that, that's, that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, I would just be more excited about staking my claim to every planet I visit and claiming each planet as my own. Well, the, the cool thing is, is with bases, they it will always say who owns the base. So when you view a base, it'll actually say the base's name and then your name will beneath it in like the terminus pool. Um, yeah. So there there's never any mistake of like whose base. Um, and, and just a quick cliff note back to the whole like planets reverting. Usually what will revert is just the name, the renaming of usually, and I can't say this way, but usually the... Uh, original discoverer of the planet will actually persist even if the planet hasn't been in time. The system does usually remember that, but it 
most certainly reverts the names back to default after a certain amount of time if the location is not visited. And I do rename planet. I don't rename animals or plants or rocks, but I do rename planets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, it, and I, I kind of stick to a certain region of space. So a lot of my discoveries haven't reverted too much back to their originals. But I definitely know that I have systems that are even like very close to my home system that have reverted back because though know, they're close, I haven't been. So mm-hmm. if I were to go to them now, I'd probably have to rediscover all the planets. And But after I did it, it would probably say that I did originally discover them, you know, mm-hmm. for example, two years ago. And that's what I mean. Like, it'll revert everything. Um, but then once you re-upload it, it'll actually usually say that uh, your original discovery point first found it is still there, mm-hmm. which is a weird sort of way that that works. That is a little bit different. Um, now, obviously, you've seen a lot of the updates that they've made since launch and things that they've added uh any ideas of where they're going to continue to take the game in the future Uh, i mean like towards more pvp or just obviously i don't think they can really push the boundaries of expansion any farther than they have um but any any ideas or anything that you uh think they may take um man it that's a really hard question to answer though because every update past like beyond was kind of out of with the exception of maybe like what like origins and next right because those were if i if i remember correctly i I know next was a very quality of life update update um and origins i believe was similar to that um but like I, i mean like i don't think anyone saw most of these updates coming like like, like, no one saw living ships, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no one saw Desolation. No one saw Eximek. Um Companions, I think, people could have probably guessed we would have might have eventually gotten some sort of taming system for it. Um, uh, like, uh, but, like, Outlaws, right? The, the idea is, like, sure, pretty simple. Like, cool, we have pirate systems now. But, like, I don't think anyone would have saw, like, solar ships come into play out of that. Uh, it's cool that they added like the cape finally into the game because people were asking for like cape physics for a while, um, but like solar ships, like that was out of nowhere, and and that that's my favorite ship type now. Holy cow, I love solar ships. Huh. Do they have black holes in the game? Yes, but they don't function like black holes in three. <laughs> okay, I think that would be cool to see and interact with and kind of see. I imagine they could Definitely. do something pretty fun. They, the endurance updated their aesthetic and they actually like distort space like black holes now it's really it's really cool um black holes look way more interesting they look very cool uh on on back on like they don't function like black holes in theory they function like wormholes so you go through them they take you to an okay um, they will spit you out a significant distance from you started from they will and they will damage uh, a component on your. So you will always have to repair something after you go through a black hole. But they're a way to travel very far distance with luck, get closer to the center of the galaxy if that's your goal. Gotcha. Okay, I didn't know those those existed in the game, but uh, I figured they may have something like that. So that's why I asked. Um, but I think it's time we can go ahead and get into our category reviews. Yes. Okay, so for the first category of convenience, Joanne, what did you think about that one? Um, so far, I thought it was pretty convenient, but mostly because I'm still in the early 
part of the game. Like I'm not engaging with pirates just yet. I think so far, as long as I stay in my spaceship, I don't have to worry about the suit, exosuit, well, the protectiveness of the suit um, falling. So I would say it's pretty okay for me to AFK, but I may be wrong as you go towards the end game or even your part. So I would give it a convenience rating of 7 out of 10. Okay. Um, I'm giving it a 6 out of 10, so pretty similar to you. Um, reasons being, I know you can pause, I think, in the single-player mode, but not in the multiplayer mode. You know, and then obviously most of the planets have some kind of environmental harm to your suit. So that's something you need to kind of pay attention to or not just sit there and take too much of. You know, but then you can always get to safe places like, um, I think, in your ship or on a space station or that those kind of places where you don't have to worry about that as much. So I mean, it's not like extremely easy to just get up and walk away, um, you know, whenever you want, but it's pretty routinely where you can get to a safe place and not have to worry about it too much. And then again, if, if pirates are hunting you down all day, then that kind of changes things a little bit like it was for me the other day. Um, But I think in, in normal cases, probably slightly above average to me. The only reason why I'm not giving it like a higher rating on convenience is that um, because sometimes like I tend to wander really far from my spaceship and at this moment I don't have any method like or any exocrafts or anything to get back to my ship. I just have to keep walking back to it. AFK. So that was why I thought that was really hard because I never realized how far I've walked until I have to walk back. That also reminds me, Ethice gave me a really good tip of how to move faster, which actually worked out very well of the whole while you're running melee and then jump and helps you kind of travel in that one direction a lot faster than you would. That was a great tip, so thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Um, what What do you think about uh, convenience? Uh, I actually gave it an 8. I, I probably wouldn't drop it lower than a 7 for me. Um, now granted, I've I've been well established for a while in the game. So, and, and that also dictates sort of what I'm doing now. Because a lot of what I'm doing is base building, or I'm like doing stuff in my freight, uh, or I'm like in the anomaly hub just sort of sitting around, or I'm, I'm doing minor expedition on the planet where I'm not traversing this very far from my... But, um, like, like you said, there is the pause in single. There's no one else around. You just tab out of the game. Game pauses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that the sort of AFK ability does increase and go further because, like, yeah, you you'll get access to like exocrat. Um, also, if you have a terrain manipulator and you're on a planet, you can always just do the old Minecraft thing. Um, just dig a hole and bury yourself, and you'll be safe. Nothing can burrow into the ground. You don't have to worry about. Um, and then, uh, as far as space pirates are concerned. And it's kind of unfortunate the game doesn't show you this. The anomaly cannot be disrupted from being summoned. Your freighter can, but the anomaly can. So when pirates are scanning you, or even when they're about to spawn, you can still spawn the anomaly and fly inside of it to get away from That's good to know. Especially because I, I don't like these pirates already, so I'm going to try that next time for sure. Yes. I, I Now, I think once they spawn you can't call the anomaly in. But I think at any point within, like, from them starting the scan to right before they spawn, I believe you can spawn the anomaly and then thus escape. I'm going to try that one. So the next category is going to be communication. Joanne, 
How do you feel about the communication here? Well, given that the first time we um, played this game, the first time we stream it even, um, I don't think you and I were on the same planet at all, or did we bump into each other at all? Do I think... I think I started the game before you, like a day before you, and so I was always kind of a little bit ahead of you, and mm -hmm. it kind of took a little while for you to, to get back to the same planet as me. Yeah, yeah, and we're pretty much doing our own thing. Like, you have your quest and I have my quest. It's not like we have to help each other with one quest. So I would give it a low communication rating, um, but not too low. I think I'm giving it about a three because it's more like at your own pace. Yeah. Um, so I think my take on the communication, I think No Man's Sky is definitely a game that's designed to be able to play it on your own first, mm -hmm. you know, and then kind of as a, more of a secondary, being able to explore or, um, you know, play the game with friends, but it's definitely not required. And, you know, therefore there's not really that much communication that is needed the you know experience the game at its fullest so i actually also gave it a three but i mean i think it's not necessarily the game's fault that's just kind of like it's yeah. the kind of game that it is it's it's kind of mm -hmm. meant to kind of go at your own pace and kind of do your own thing and mm -hmm. you definitely do not have to you know play the whole buddy system thing yeah so ethice what about you what are you any thoughts on the communication uh i think i would slap a five on it um and that's because while a lot of it isn't required like you can definitely muddle your way through the game um i really tend to put a lot of emphasis on having someone you can talk to about it because there's especially for early game because like coming into the game there's a lot of stuff that like you won't know that's just uh like like the anomaly trick right or like melee skating um that makes playing the game just a more enjoyable experience or even could like save your butt right um and so like well yeah you go through and you could figure that stuff out i think having someone you can communicate with um for that kind of information early on is very helpful and then later on um, when you start learning more things about about the systems having someone who you can talk to about various crafting recipes or good locations just like mining bases or other things like that um, can be very useful so I, I would give it probably a five because like yeah none of that's required right like you could just yeah. go through the entire experience by yourself and never person i just think that it's a huge, huge advantage to be. Sure, yeah. I, I can see that. That's and a fair point. as big of a game as it is, and you know, there's a lot to do and to learn, and there's a lot of things you could talk about with that. Um, now, next category is story. Joanne, where are you at on the story? Okay, I know there's a story, but just because right now I think I'm still like in the tutorial. In the, yeah, in the prologue of everything, so I would just give it a. Uh, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. So I'm giving it higher because I think I just think that there's effort. They're not just like do this, do that. So, right. Okay. Um, for me, I'm giving the story a five, so kind of an average. And I don't really think that's the main draw of the game. To me, is not necessarily you know the story or the narrative of the game. Uh, I think it's more of the exploration and survival side of it that I think is more interesting to me but then again you know still at least an average story i do like the whole um artemis feel where you're trying to locate a kind of long lost space explorer you know and you're kind of in communication with them and, and trying to find each other that kind of thing it, it was a seems like it's going to be a really cool interesting story to follow 
Um, but I, I don't, don't think it's as, I don't think it's completely story driven as some other games. I, I also gave it a five and it's kind of funny cause I actually really like the story of no man kind of the collection of stories I should actually, say. but the way it's presented and handled is very hit or miss for some players. And I can acknowledge that. Cause like for me, it was, it was perfect. It was phenomenal. I actually really liked the story. I enjoyed the Artemis quest line. I did the Atlas quest. There's a bunch of minor storylines that you can follow. Um, there's like two or three abandoned building storylines. There's the storyline tied to the um, submarine, the Nautilus. There is, um, the Atlas interface story, which is 16 logs that you get from um, going into the back room of of different like planetary and space station uh, interior. Um, like, there's a lot of oh, there's also the the uh, alien histories, the the stories of the Get Corvex and Viking. They have their each of them have their own history, yeah. uh, which is all told in game. And so, like, there's there's a lot of lore and narrative in the game, but mm-hmm. at, it's not one it's not something that's like imperative to the game like 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 kevin said like that's not the main focus or mm-hmm. the main draw is not is definitely not the story and and that's where i think i've actually seen a bunch of players where they're really like dis like they're dissuaded by the story because they came into the game thinking okay i'm just going to go fly around space and explore and find cool things and collect animals and collect ships and collect and get a giant freighter and build a fleet up and build bases right but then they're they're pigeonholed into like the artemis story in in the early game when really they're just trying to play the sandbox and so like i really think the story either catches you and you're just like holy cow this is really interesting or it's just fighting with you the entire time because it's really not what you're there and so i i just gave it a solid five right down the middle because it won the player whether or not they're going to enjoy that experience Mm -hmm. and i think kevin you and i have always been different in that sense as well like i'm very like into story stuff so yeah i think for for me like if the story is really good like that's what i latch on to and like pretty much like most final fantasy games i really like because of the story um you know games like witcher god of war even guardians of the galaxy the game i played most recently um really good story and like, if the story is really good, I don't really care that much about the rest of the game. Um, so next category is on repeatability. Joanne, you've been starting us off on each of these. Um, Want to go ahead and start us off on this one too? Yeah, I would say the repeatability is pretty high. Like I said, it's at your own pace and I have to keep playing it to get to the end of the story. Plus, I want to know the lore of every alien species out there. So I'm giving it a repeatability of eight. Eight. Okay. All right. For me, I am also giving it a high repeatability score because I even hear there's people who play up to 1,600 hours of this game. Um, <laughs> because they sound like huge nerds (laughs) because the repeatability is so strong in this game Uh, i'm actually giving it a 10 so 10 out of 10 i i very very rarely give any game a 10 in any category i think this is maybe like the second time ever when you have 18 quintillion planets and Mm -hmm. i I mean i think they've done like 10 to 15 different like updates or pat or um different releases or probably probably more than that um, with tons and tons of content and things to do, you know, along with the story and all the exploration, it's just 
and the list goes on and on and on. And I don't think you could really ever run out of things to do. Um, maybe you can after 1600 hours. I don't know, but um, that's obviously a lot of things you can do in the game. Um, and that can keep you busy, keeps you coming back for more and, and repeatability. So I gave it a 10. Uh, I think if I, I think you kind of have to give it a high score here because you are, have a proven history that this game is repeatable. Um, what did you rank it? I'm I'm sitting between like an eight and a nine, probably leaning more toward nine, but I I I can't give it a ten. Okay. That's because uh, I have like a middling engagement with Unity. Like I'm not huge in editing. I do some uploads on the subreddit range, and I I try to answer questions when I can. Um, but the reason I can't give it a solid ten, and like why I might even be closer to the low end of nine, maybe more toward eight, is because like yeah, I have sixteen hundred hours, but that is one because of all of the updates like the continued support for the game but another is because of the pacing that i as a player have i've seen people on the subreddit that have sprinted way further than i have in terms of like collection and gain they have all the ships they want they have a an s-class max slot freighter with all of the upgrades on it they they max out their exosuit they've maxed out all their starships they've maxed out all their multi-tools they built up all their eggs like they've done everything right and they got there with less hours than I have. <laughs> right, um, so they just pace, then, pace themselves. They go to the Reddit and they're like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I really think that, yes, the game has a ton of replayability. Like, yes, it's there, 100%. Um, I don't, I don't, I think the only argument that can be made against the replay, uh, replayability is um, the fact that it's sort of like the limitations of the procedural, right? Like, you just end up seeing a lot of similar stuff. But, Overall, the game, you can play it for a very long time and keep finding fun and interesting things. But I can't give it a solid 10 because it's heavily tied um, to the player themselves. Like, if, if you're a player that is very efficient in in your progress, you're going to hit that wall much faster than... Because, like I said, I, I'm at 1,600 hours, but I still have stuff I can do in the game. And that's because I... I, I don't have a huge interest in completionism in video games. Mm -hmm. One and two, I tend not to sprint through games just in general. Like I'm a very go with the flow and enjoy the experience kind of player. Um, so my pacing through video games tends to make them last a little bit longer than than maybe average. Um, so for me, replayability is is definitely. A, a huge thing on there but i can i can easily see it that for other people are very efficient in their play style or don't have a lot of interest in a lot of what the game has to offer that replayability would actually kind of drop off because like for example some people who might be more into the exploration and actually not like combat at all well that's that's a large portion of the game they're not really going to do that means they're going to avoid sentinel content they're they might not invest in the settlement because you have to defend it occasionally um, they're not going to do like biological horror or worm nest content. They're potentially going to avoid derelicts, which, uh, which is the only real way to upgrade your freighter. Um, so, like it for players that kind of like a specific portion of the game, they're also not going to get as much replayability out of it because they're not in it for the entire package. So they're inherently going to have less to do. That makes uh, sense. So yeah, I, I give it like a, a between. All right, I'm going to put you down as a nine for that one. <laughs> it's gonna be closer to me than with Joanne. Um, yeah, I think we could all agree a lot of repeatability. 
Now, the last category, which to me has always been the easiest and the best and the simplest, um, and that is fun. So just in general, how, kind of how much fun do you get out of playing the game? Joanne, what do you think? Um, I'll give it a 7 out of 10, but that's still on the higher side um, because I think like with this game, you, there's tons of things to do. For you, you're into more exploration and stuff, and I'm into discovering every plant and animal there is in one place and learning the language and stuff like that and definitely following the story as well so it's all dependent on the player i would say that's true i I think one thing i've noticed as we play through like all of these different games together of like how different we are in terms of like what's important to us right like Uh in this game you were more interested in the the language and stuff and like I couldn't care less about like learning the words or like kind of that lore kind of stuff or like Dead by Daylight. You were like reading all of the characters' lore and descriptions and their backstories and everything. And like I just wanted to play the game and uh, <laughs> didn't really care know know the characters or where they came from or anything like that. Um, but it's just it's interesting to kind of see your experience with them too and, and how you feel about them. You said you gave it a seven. Yes. All right. Um, I also gave it a seven for fun. I mean, it's definitely a game that I'm glad we're able to try out, uh, Mm -hmm. even if it's just for somewhat of a short time. Uh, I think it's one that is extremely unique. It's probably the most unique game that we have played so far in the podcast. There's a lot of things that, that kind of add to the game's resume that no other game can really boast about. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely an interesting one, and it's it's been fun along the way too. So I also gave it a seven. I gave it a seven too, but now I'm reconsidering. I'm going to stick with seven because I'm I'm just going to I'm going to roll with that. Um, I also gave it. Uh, the game is super fun and interesting, but I've also seen the other half where like I have I have friends who just kind of struggle to to hold on to that interest, and so I do think it depends a lot on the on the player again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a very sort of uh, childlike wonder to the way I engage with um, with video games and like even the world at large. I, I just I'm like easily fascinated with stuff, and I have that sort of fascination with it. And so, even after 1600 hours, I go down to a planet and I see like a uh, I see like a, a wheelipede or or a strider, or I look up into the sky and there's dactyls flying around. Um, and I'm just like, oh, holy cow, look at that. Oh, man, look over there. Look at that. And that's still me <laughs> after 1,600 hours. is like I'm still being like blown away by like cool-looking things. And and because of that, I can sort of maintain that, that level of fun, at least that as a baseline, right? There's times mm-hmm. I have more fun than that where like I, I absolutely love doing Sentinel combat. We do uh, planet clears. You go find some Sentinels. You basically fight a skirmish with them. You get them up to five levels. You defeat the big walker and then the whole planet clears and it's it has no Sentinels until you like leave the system and come back. And it's that's super fun for me as well. Um, building up my ships, collecting uh, all that kind of stuff I've actually enjoyed quite a lot. But that's because... Of like the kind of person slash player yeah mm-hmm. okay very cool triple seven sevens all around from each of us on fun yeah. um, some quick totals really quick uh not too far off from kind of where we all stood um overall so it's just a reminder is out of 50 for these uh, mine was a 31 joanne was a 32 fi seer at a 34 
So okay. I think as to be expected, I was actually expecting you to have, I kind of think, a higher score than us um, overall, just because you have a lot more experience with the game and know a lot more about it. Um, but yeah, right, kind of there somewhat along with us. Mm-hmm. Definitely helped uh, my score that I gave it a 10 out of 10 in there on repeatability, but yeah, that's a pretty decent score. I mean, I know we say these things are out of 50, but with basically an average being like 25, you know, anything over 30 is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's it for the game review. And uh, next thing we have, if uh, if anyone is interested in checking out um, our stream this upcoming Tuesday, 9.30 p.m. on YouTube, as I mentioned before. Don't know what game we're going to be streaming this next time. Um, we'll have to find one that can handle following up No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is just over on the YouTube channel, KJ After Dark. Uh, you can also check us out on twitter.com slash KJ After Dark or follow us on Instagram at KJ underscore after underscore dark. And if you could give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is, wherever it is, that would be appreciated. And that's all we have for you guys this week. A big thank you to Ethice for joining us to talk about No Man's Sky, giving us a lot more to talk about, answering all of our questions, giving us all of these pro tips to help us out. So thank you so much for... for Hit it till it dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, thanks for, for being willing to kind of come on here and talk about the game and everything. You've been super helpful, man. Yes, thank you. No problem. All right, thanks again, and uh, thanks everyone who's listening. Bye. Bye. Peace.